This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest and an encouragement for all of you on the journey of living out your passion and purpose in Jesus Christ just like us. My name is Sister Miriam James and on this crisp fall morning, I do have to say, in the state of Texas, the great nation of Texas, uh, here I am and I'm joined as usual by my lovely friends Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger and I do have to say Michelle, you have a long sleeve shirt on this morning for a Florida girl that's something that's something can I just say that? Oh my goodness. It became fall here yesterday. And I was like, what is that crispness in the air? Let me go hunt down a jacket. Oh my goodness. What are these things on my sleeves? They are a jacket. It was amazing. I am loving it. So it's cool and crisp and it finally feels like fall and I'm going to love it for about two weeks. And then I'm going to want sunshine back in 80 degrees. You're going to want the fall leaves. But the best part is it opens up a whole new half of your wardrobe. That's what I always love about the fall. I'm like, okay, puffy vests and hoodies and you know the whole thing sister you can wear clothes till shoes with your habit I, I know i'm getting crazy and wearing like running shoes i know i don't try not to get too buck wild it's only october people but you know like kick it down a few notches but we do what we can yeah <laughs> Well, we have been, like the three of us have been chatting and laughing already for a long time. I wish I wish the listeners, I wish we could just do like a three-hour show and then they could just listen in because we laugh a lot. But today we're going to talk about breakthrough versus breakdown and how many times one uh, facilitates the other, especially in a breakdown, what God is calling us to break through. So I'm going to let Michelle kind of guide us through this uh, session, but I want to just talk about two definitions. So when we talk about the word, I mean, it's just interesting, the etymology of words. So when you talk about breakdown, the technical definition of breakdown is a mechanical failure, right? Or a disintegration. Um, But when you look at the word breakthrough, it means a sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development, a step forward. And I think all of us, you know, the three of us especially, but all of our listeners can relate to having a breakdown and having a breakthrough. And how does God lead us through that? So Michelle, I know this is especially dear to your heart. So I'm wondering if you could just kind of paint a picture for our listeners of, of where this resounds in your own heart and life. <laughs> yes, Michelle, tell us about your breakdown. <laughs> tell us everything. That's what I, I'm on the yeah. edge of my seat. I made popcorn. Just let us have it, girl. <laughs> Heather, uh, Heather, we when we're deciding what uh, topics to discuss in our podcast. We usually are either working through a Google document or there's, if anyone read our group text uh, strands, they would just totally laugh at the different subjects we um, go over in our group text. But we were talking about this next topic and just about breakdown or breakthrough. And um, I had mentioned it in the previous podcast right before this one, because I feel like right now, um, you know, uh, me personally and my family are in a season of breakthrough, but it started with a breakdown, you know, (laughs) um, to go with. And um, usually, if you know me well, I'm an avoider. I like to avoid things. Um, I think if I have one idol, it is comfort. (laughs) I like to be very comfortable and I like things very pretty. And um, so if things get uncomfortable, um, God has to make me uncomfortable to move you know, to go to the next step, to break through. So a couple of weeks ago, um, we just had a situation in our family and I have to be very careful because some of it has to do with my children. And so I have, I don't mean to be vague, but this 
is part of their story too and I have to guard their stories and they're sacred and it's Absolutely. their stories to tell not mine mm-hmm. but um, when it comes to we had just a situation in our family that um, there was just a confrontation with one of our children that just got messy and ugly and hurtful especially to me and I completely just fell apart mm-hmm. and my reaction didn't necessarily meet the situation but I was just crying and um, just really upset. And I knew something had to change. I knew we had to do something different. I knew that we needed tools to navigate this, you know, because um, two of my children came from really just hard places, you know, um, and we needed restoration in our family. And so um, my husband being very wise how he is said, okay, this is time for a change. This is God putting his finger on something. Mm-hmm. And that we need to listen to this response and that it isn't this hurt and this emotion and this breakdown that I was feeling. Of course, I'm very emotional and everything has to come out and all of this. This was a catalyst for breakthrough, you know, and this was a catalyst that the Holy Spirit was calling me personally and other members in our family and our whole family to restoration. It wasn't just me or another person in our family. It was our whole family to restoration process again. And I, I think God is a God of processes. I think God, you know, Heather says we use the word season a bajillion times in this podcast, but I think season. God brings our season. I know <laughs> Heather wants us to have an abiding together podcast drinking game. And every time we say the word season, I'll be doing the sparkling water. Y'all can you hit it up with the whiskey or whatever you want. Yeah, so. exactly. You can take your beverage or Heather's the only you one can... drinking. Yeah. And so, oh my gosh. Was, what is going on? I've been like just getting totally exposed here. They're like Heather, the rowdy punk wants to have a drinking game. <laughs> All right. Okay. Listeners, I'm with you. These two are off now. <laughs> They're not my friends anymore. <laughs> We love you, Heather. Anyway, (laughs) that we just enter, God calls us into a season of healing and just really convicted me and not, um, the Holy Spirit convicted me, not condemn me saying like, you're a mess. You're this, you're this, but the Holy Spirit convicted saying, I want more for you. I want more for your family. And what does freedom look like? And, and um and your family in a new season and a new level and um but it's interesting because the week before I would say we were I thought oh, we were doing pretty darn good that was just the thing I was like we're doing great look <laughs> yeah. at this like we're doing awesome mm-hmm. like you know skies are blue and then out of you know not necessarily left field but God just brings it you know forefront no the time is now the time is really for um, breakthrough and like sister said breakthrough like the definition is a new level. You know, a new level of freedom, a new level of healing, a new level of loving well. And um, yeah, so that is where I'm at. So, hey, Heather, with your drink, what do you think? (laughs) You know, it's funny that um, you you describe Chris as using the word God was putting his finger on something, because that is exactly the image that Mm -hmm. has come to my mind, especially over the last few years, as I've entered more deeply into my own healing journey. And God has really been bringing about a lot of restoration in my life. It feels like at times God is sticking his finger in a wound, which draws my attention to it. And Mm. your initial reaction when somebody does that, or you know when you're little and you have a bruise on your leg and you don't feel it until you push on it, and then you're like, ow. Or if you have a sibling, they will always push Mm. on it. (laughs) Like, stop pushing on the bruise. It hurts, you know. Mm -hmm. So this Mm -hmm. image of God putting Mm -hmm. his finger in a wound, at the beginning, I wanted to smack his hand away and go, ow, like, stop 
drawing my attention to that. That hurts. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to look at that. It won't hurt if you don't touch it. But as God has been um, speaking to me about this, I feel like he's been showing me the wound is there and it's not going to heal if we don't pay attention to it. My hands are healing hands. Mm. My hands don't come, you know, just to push to cause pain. My hands are healing. So when I touch the wounds, it's because I want to bring healing there. And so it's shifted my mind from a, ah, God, you're disrupting me. You're so mean. Stop pushing on my pain to, Lord, this is a loving touch from you that you're saying you want to heal me that this is a place of bondage for me, that this is something that you want uprooted so that I can move into um, a new level of freedom or my family or whoever is involved. So, Michelle, I, I've felt very similar to you at times where you feel like things are really great, you know, and then something happens, some disruption happens, and you're like, oh, my gosh, and you only come to realize this has been there the whole time. I just didn't see it. We actually weren't great. We had the illusion of great. Um, and now we're having to deal with this thing. Mm-hmm. But I find that breakthrough always comes um, from mm-hmm. a breakdown. You have to have the breakdown first. We want to avoid that. It just seems too messy. We're like, can we just go move through that place, zip through, fast forward, and get to the breakthrough? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's in the journey that God allows us to draw into intimacy with him. And that's the whole goal. It's not the removal of pain. It's that we would grow in intimacy with him. So I've been learning that all of these moments of breakdown and pain are a catalyst for intimacy and restoration and healing, which is really the goal of the Christian life is to be deeply in communion with God, ultimately in heaven. So sister, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh my gosh, y'all are just rocking my world right now. This is so providential that we would talk about this today. And I, one of my favorite quotes from Lord of the Rings is the prophecy made over Aragorn the king when Tolkien writes, the hands of the king are the hands of a healer. And mm. that is so true. And there's something that I love about hands. I just love hands and art. And, you know, this just hands are very beautiful. And I'm just, um, I'm in Austin, Texas right now doing a retreat with Dr. Bob Schutz and helping them on their staff. And the retreat's healing the whole person. And on the front cover of that workbook is Caravaggio's beautiful painting of Jesus bringing Thomas's finger into yes. his side. Yes. And I was just epically pushed over the edge just in my own, my own story yesterday. And I just was like having a little breakdown myself and I'm sitting in the back going, this is not an appropriate time to have a breakdown. I'm supposed to be giving a talk here people. (laughs) And, um, I just was looking at that painting and I was so just amazed. Like it takes so much courage, I think in our lives to reveal those areas of woundedness to the Lord and to people that are trustworthy, not to everybody. Of course, that's sacred, sacred ground. Mm And it takes so much vulnerability and so much trust to do that, to allow somebody to come into those areas. I mean, I think all of us would rather receive somebody else's wounds than reveal our own. Um, But what I was noticing in that painting was how Jesus just, he brings us into his own wounds. And knowing full well that we may not even reverence them, but he just invites because that's where we find healing. By his stripes, we are healed. And his humility just epically was like a epicenter of my heart last night. And I just was blown away by that. And it's really laying on his pierced side is where we find healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is no other place for you and I for healing, for restoration, for break through from the breakdown than to go and rest upon the side of Jesus and allow his wounds to minister to ours. 
I, I just, his humility, I, I got is so humble. I just, mm-hmm. I'm just in awe still. I'm like, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because his, his wounds are now a sign of glory for us, which is a sign of hope Amen. for us. So as he allows mm-hmm. Thomas to see the wounds, um, it's not just something gory because there's not death there anymore. You know, those wounds were a sign Amen. of this is what happened, but look at me as I stand here in full life. And this is the, the hope for us is that eventually our wounds too would become a sign of glory, that they wouldn't just be these nasty scars on our soul and our heart and our body, um, but that God would bring his healing so that they too become a sign of hope and glory for other people. And I think that's one of the most Mm -hmm. beautiful things is that we are supposed to follow Jesus. We are Christians. We follow Jesus. And in following Jesus, we follow the same path that he walked in the Paschal Mystery. So there will be times of suffering and of dying, and there will be times of rising. And I think that's where we have to keep our eyes fixed is on the whole story, you know, there, it's not, we are not constantly dying. Some of us as Catholics, we can get that in our mind that <laughs> the Christian so life, totally it is, agree with you. it is that, that our Christian life is about carrying our cross and wandering around in circles with it and never actually going up the hill, dying on it and rising again. Oh, amen, it's girl. just the Preach perpetual um, walking around with it in pain and suffering. And I say this often on this podcast that in no way diminishes uh, suffering, you know, or redemptive suffering. Of course, we all suffer and we all are called to offer that up for souls and other people in our life. But that's not the end of the story. And that's not all that's supposed to happen, mm-hmm. even on this side of heaven. And I think for most of my Christian life, that's what I was missing. I thought on this side of heaven, it's just pain. and <laughs> We carry our cross and we mm-hmm. deal with it. Whatever our life has dealt us, we deal with it until we, we get to heaven, you know, hopefully. Um, but God has taught me, no, that is not true, that I have healing for you here and now. And it's not going to be in its fullness until heaven. It's not, I'm not going to heal every single thing that happens to you, but the goal is intimacy. So through our wounds Amen. and our breakdowns, mm-hmm. it can open the door for breakthrough and intimacy that we never would have experienced without the breakdown. Amen. And it reminds me of that Augustine quote, in my deepest wound, I saw your glory and it dazzled me. Mm -hmm. You know, like it amazes Mm -hmm. you because you see his glory through it. You see his redemption through it. You see his restoration through it. And like you were saying, it's the intimacy. You know, he calls us deeper into his heart, but he calls you to be aware of your hearts. Um, Like about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, I was listening to, you know, I'm a, we're all big fans of Bethel worship, but I was listening to that song pieces, you know, and it, and one of the lines from the song says, you don't give your heart in pieces. And I was thinking about that and I was really praying through that. And I felt like the Holy spirit was saying he doesn't give his heart in pieces, but I give him my heart in pieces. Oh, so true. And why am I just giving him part of my heart? He wants all of it. And like I said before, I thought, Hey, I thought you. You have all my heart. I already thought I did this. But then he is constantly, God is constantly pursuing us. He constantly wants more for us. He constantly wants us closer and deeper. You know, he wants that romance with us. He wants that intimacy with us. And he's constantly pursuing us. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly pursuing our um, healing so we can get closer to him. I mean, he hasn't moved. We're the ones that have to get closer. <sighs> Right. And so often our avoidance of our wounds becomes an avoidance of intimacy with God, the intimacy that he so desires with us. And, you know, of course, it's not your natural disposition to be like, yeah, I'm going to jump into all the pain in my life, open up this big can of worms and see where it goes. You know, like that is not, yeah, like that's, that's not it. But 
when you have the end in mind and when you have the hope in mind and when you have the person of Jesus, who he actually is in mind, that's when you can tread into those places that are really vulnerable because he is trustworthy. He is faithful. He is good. He is so good. He's so kind. He's so loving. His desire for our happiness is greater than our desire. That's who he is. If we don't have that in our mind, then of course we're going to avoid it. You know, and then on the other spectrum, sometimes we just want God to be a fairy godmother, just come in and bippity boppity boo our pain away, which doesn't lead to relationship. That leads to using, that we use God for what he will give us. That never equals, I mean, it's, it's more like, it's more like, you know, you go through the McDonald's drive through you get what you need and you move along. I don't have a relationship with the drive through mm-hmm. person, you know. Um, so God desires intimacy. And so either of those spectrums, we have to be very careful. I know there's parts of my heart or times in my life where I definitely have avoided or I've definitely been like, God, can you just intervene so we can not, not deal with this anymore? Um, but I found that in my own life a few years ago, I had an absolute breakdown. I mean, to the point that it was, it was not pretty. You all walked with me through that. Um, but there was something really beautiful in that time. It took about two years probably uh, before I experienced breakthrough, and the breakthrough was massive. But in that two years, I remember crying out to God, and it was before Advent, and I was all the re- readings were about the people in darkness have seen a great light, all that. I'm like, Lord, I am the people in darkness. I get it. Like, I'm totally lost without you. And thinking, if you could just come at Christmas, this would be the most beautiful story. So I'm even like writing the own, my own story in my mind. If you break through at Christmas, what a beautiful story this would be. Well, it took two years, you know. And in that two years, when I look back on that, if it didn't take that long, I wouldn't have grown in such intimacy with God. It was in the revelation of my own weakness and my frailty that I came to a deeper dependence on him and realized he actually is there. He's actually strong, which I love this scripture in the book of Joel. Often we hear, let the weak say, I am strong. And there's a few translations that say, let the weak say, I am a warrior. And I realize, like, in our weakness, we can say that because of the resurrection power that is in us. You know, it's Christ in us that is the hope of glory. That the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And that's why we can say that in our weakness. Weakness isn't something to be avoided. Mm. Oh my gosh, this is so, I so needed to hear both of you today. Oh, thank you. Just oh, such beautiful, beautiful, beautiful truth that you're speaking. And I just so relate to that. I think for us especially, it's easy to go to God with a list of things that we would like fixed. Thank you very much. And and when we'd like God to do it. <laughs> so, but it's true. It reduces him to a mere functional kind of a, f- a functional role versus his desire is always communion. Like that we receive Holy communion. The Trinity's desire for us is always communion. And I think sometimes we have to stop praying for God to fix me and just like, Lord, bring me to communion in this mm-hmm. because he does. And Perhaps we also have the lie that once this is healed, then I'll be lovable. Once this is healed, then I'll be worthy. Once this is healed, then I'll finally be a whatever person. And I, I'm I'm just convinced more and more that our identity is not victim. It's not broken. It's not abandoned. It's not rejected. Our identity is beloved. 
Mm-hmm. And that is who we are. That is the core of who we are. And so Jesus is always trying to bring us in. That's our identity. We don't have to make a false self. Our identity is beloved to the Lord. It's mm-hmm. written in our baptism. It's who we are. And so his heart for us, like, you know, we've all said today is that he goes so far beyond the surface to get to the heart, no, no pun intended, to the heart of the matter, to bring our hearts into union with him. Mm-hmm. And then his fragrance, like you said, Heather, his fragrance issues forth and healing takes place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly beautiful. Yeah. Michelle, what are your thoughts right now? Well, first of all, I don't want to really correct you, Heather, but I do have a relationship with my Starbucks drive through person. <laughs> I was going to say that. I bet one of us has a relationship with some drive through person. It's Michelle. I knew it. It's a loose analogy, Michelle. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just, you know, lighten the load here. You know, serious topics, but I do. His name is Henry. Anyway, I know everything about but I go ahead. love it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and to pick up what Sister was saying, um, one of the quotes that I love from Brendan Manning is, "Define yourself radically as one's beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is an illusion. And I just love that. The illusion, you know, when we try to make ourselves thinking that we are not God's beloved, it's false. You know, it is something um, not true. And it may look good. Like we can have the illusion that we have it all together or self-reliant or, you know, life is perfect, but nobody's is. And, um, yeah, you know, we're only getting the highlight reels from other people's lives and not the behind the scenes and, um, and to create safe spaces for it to be okay, that things are not all together. And that's the beauty. And that's what brings true community about. And that's what, um, you know, that is what we want, safe places for people to come just as they are, mm-hmm. not where they have it all together. And I think one of the beauties of um, God just putting his finger on wounds or making you look at things is he is trying to transform us from glory to glory, you know, um, trying to transform us into um, who we are created to be, who we are meant to be. And I love that, like Heather said, there's a warrior where a warrior needs a sword and a warrior needs armor. And so he allows us to have tools, whether that be the, the sacraments and the reconcil- sacrament of reconciliation, you know, because it's a sacrament of healing, you know, recon- so we're reconciled to God or whether it's counseling. All of us are big proponents of counseling or yes. counseling. Well, Heather's married to a counselor, so she kind of has to be. But anyway, um, <laughs> but he's not my counselor. That's key to yeah. a good marriage. <laughs> yeah. Amen. So, but I love what counseling is and you can have like a negative connotation is, but I love counseling is basically tools, tools to live the human life, tools to hear, live the spiritual life, you know, and a majority of us don't pick up all the tools that we need through our lifetime. So we need someone out to help us get the tools to communicate the tools, to look at things, the tools, how to live life in freedom and differently. And, um, and that's just an amazing thing. And like when you get these tools, it almost gives you, oh, I can do this. Oh, we can do this. It gives you such hope. Mm-hmm. I guess they're tools mm-hmm. for hope and they're tools Amen. for promise and um, they're tools to live freely and fully. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I love that we're talking about tools because I think it's important that we talk about practicals of like, how do you, what do you do mm-hmm. when you're in a season of breakdown <laughs> or you're longing mm-hmm. for breakthrough? Mm-hmm. Break, mm-hmm. breakthrough, breakthrough. What do we, you know, what do we do? And I think, Michelle, what you're saying is really important. And the, I would say for myself, community has been a big one, which is hard because usually when you have pain that deep, you don't want to expose it to other people. But like it's you said, true. sister, you have to have a couple, at least one 
one person that you are able to be vulnerable with and sharing mm-hmm. your story and saying things out loud, I think brings light into the darkness. I think there's something about saying what's going on out loud. It can expose the enemy's lies. It, it can expose his yep. plans. Um, and it allows another person to speak truth into our life. We're not meant to journey through these things alone. And Jesus didn't make it to just be about me and Jesus either. We are family. Mm-hmm. We are, he is a family and we're supposed to image that as well. So I think relationship with one another, I would say also scripture. It could, calling to mind scripture and memorizing certain scriptures can be absolutely an amazing tool for breakthrough. And in seasons where I'm struggling or having doubt, I have clung to different scriptures. You know, like uh, I can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens me. Or in Jeremiah 29, 11, you alone, Lord, know the plans for my life, plans for a future full of hope. There's various scriptures that I've been able to call to mind over the years in times of desperation that have rooted me and grounded me in the truth. And I think saying those out loud even better. <laughs> There's, we do this mm-hmm. at mass, you know, this idea of declaration. I was thinking the other day, I was like, we do this. We profess our faith. We Amen. are saying, I believe, you know, um, we go through our baptismal promises where we publicly out loud reject Satan and his promises and his, his empty promises mm-hmm. and his works and all of that. So I think there's there's something even in our heritage that it is about declaring the truth. I will not fall into despair because Jesus, you are my hope. You are steadfast. You are the rock on which I stand. I mean, read through the Psalms, read them out loud. Those are battle cries, you know, from David, most of them. Um, there is amazing tools at our fingertips. Uh, also the rosary, I'd say that is an amazing weapon uh, to be able to pray. It's easy. You don't have to think of the words. <laughs> you can just pray this amazingly powerful prayer. Mm-hmm. Sister, what do you think are some tools for breakthrough. Oh, I, I would highly echo both of what you said. I think uh, declaring the truth because that's objective reality versus our subjective experience. And our subjective experience can tell us many things, especially where the enemy gets into lie to us. And so to proclaim objective truth over who God is in our life is very important. I think journaling is really important. Um, you know, just going to the Lord and, and speaking to him. I think that um, the sacraments are really important. There's nothing like a good confession that will just mm-hmm. calm the depths of your soul and receiving Jesus in the Holy Eucharist where he comes to literally dwell with us, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And I think one thing though, can I just say, we were talking about it before and it might sound simple to a lot of our listeners, but I think laughter (laughs) is a great gift. And I think sometimes in life, you know, we take ourselves very seriously, especially in sorrowful seasons. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes God just wants to bless us with laughter and all good literature is riddled with times of just sheer laughter Mm -hmm. and the blessing that that brings. And sometimes just, you know, going, getting out of your just current status and just going for a nice long walk and just, you know, kind of listening to something that you enjoy listening to and some good self care goes a long way and just restoring that God is, he's sovereign, that whatever you're facing right now is not the end of the story and that he loves you Mm -hmm. and he's going to bring something very beautiful to the fore. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I agree with that. That's beautiful. Oh, and I just want to echo that. I was telling Sister and Heather before we had an impromptu girls dinner at my next door neighbors this weekend on Saturday night. I think there was like 10 or 11 of us. And um, we just had some fun personalities there that are just the life of the party and bring everybody else into the party too. Like, and I just belly laughed. Like, I mean, laughing until I was crying and my sides hurt and it was so good for my soul. But I mean, I've said it before. 
before and I will say again, there's something powerful with good friends and guacamole and wine and laughter. <laughs> that is, I mean, the Holy Spirit can move through that powerfully, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's just good for the soul. You know, yeah. it is a powerful moment, you yeah, know, and definitely. get it together. Yeah. Definitely. And I think Jesus laughed with his friends, you know, know like if you just think, you think, yeah, he still does. Yeah. And if you think about that in the scriptures, we don't have, you know, it written down these moments, but he was so captivating his personality and who he was that people literally left everything to follow him. Who, who is that person that would cause you to do that? You know, what did his eyes look like? What were his hands like? And his laughter, what was his laugh like? You know, I had this picture on my wall. My parents did growing up and it was of God laughing. like this 1970s pencil drawing, but <laughs> it's totally cheesy. But, you know, it did give me the impression from a young age that God is joyful. And even in seasons of difficulty, you know, we can still have joy because we are people of hope. We are Christians. This is, he is the reason for our hope and our joy. Well, I think that, oh my gosh, this has been such a beautiful discussion. I don't want it to end, but life happens. So ladies, can we talk about just in our, you know, areas of, of breakdown or breakthrough, what is your one thing as we kind of journey in the middle of October here? What is your one thing, Heather, that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, my one thing, particularly around this topic is the song, No Longer Slaves by Jonathan Helser. And it's a beautiful song. The chorus is no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And particularly that those words for me have really um, been like an experience of breakthrough in my own life because fear had such a hold on me. So I actually have that song above my bed on a big print, you know, uh, it's so beautiful. I'll take a picture of it and put it on the on the mm. website for everybody to see. Mm. But but that song is really beautiful. And that's one of those things that you can join in singing. It's a declaration song. And so mm. we'll put we'll put the link up uh, so our listeners can listen to that. It's beautiful. Mm. How about you, yeah. Michelle? What's your one thing? My one thing is actually, I never do this. It's just the fall weather, you know, it's just being... You know, crisp and beautiful and warm. So let me like it for a little while before it gets really cold and then I complain about it. And um, pumpkins. I love pumpkins. And I don't like orange ones. I like green and white ones and the pretty shade ones. It's got to be different, man. I do. You know, well, my front porch is decked out in pumpkins. Your house is so cute. Um, So I'll put a picture up of my front porch. I love the little tiny pumpkins. And the you know. gourds and stuff. I think that's fun. gnarly. Yeah, yeah like that's that. just a great word, gourd. Like, I love you, gourds. Whatever. <laughs> I, can, I can see a meme coming. Okay. I know. I think we're going to be inundated now with memes from our listeners of gourds. But um, <laughs> I think for me, one person that's been rocking my world lately is a, a doctor of the church, uh, St. Hildegard. And I think a couple weeks ago, she, my, one of her books was my one thing. But there's a particular poem that she's speaking about who Jesus is and it just epically wrecked me. So I'm going to just offer it to our listeners of just a, you know, just a, a ray of hope from one of the most beautiful saints, I think who lived out loud in full color and I love her. So, uh, it's a poem by St. Hildegard on who God is. So, but thank you, dear listeners. And we are praying for you. We're praying for you in your breakdown and your breakthrough. And we want you to know how deeply you are loved. If you enjoyed our podcast episode, please share it with a friend and please consider subscribing to us on iTunes or at abidingtogetherpodcast.com. Leave us a review. Uh, leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great week.